0: Hi, and welcome to the Healthy With Holes podcast. My name is Danny, And I'm Sheree. And today is going to be a little bit of a lighter episode. After some of the important but heavy things we've been talking about lately, we're going to cover some positive stuff that you can incorporate into your day when you're dealing with stuff or feeling some kind of way. And speaking of which, before we get into all of that, let's check on how we're feeling. Let's do a check-in. We encourage you guys, check on your friends, check on the people you care about, but also check on yourselves. Do a little inventory, check on how you're feeling, how your thoughts are doing, and just take a minute and do some emotional inventory. If you want to do it with us, we encourage you, you know, pause the episode, whatever you need to do, and just kind of evaluate how you're doing and what you've been dealing with. On that note, Sheree, how are you doing?
1: I'm all right. I'm a little sick this episode. (laughs) So, if you hear me mouth breathe, I apologize. My nose is very stuffy. I haven't been sleeping well, so the medicine that my psychiatrist prescribed me isn't quite working, so I can't wait for my next appointment, mm-hmm. which is January 9th. So, I'm just riding the wave until then.
0: To be continued.
1: Today, we had a kind of a busy day, so I'm a little drained. And tired, so just waiting for bedtime to come around. Mm-hmm. But that's about it for me. How are you feeling today, Danny? Oh, I'm just peachy. <laughs> that's a lie. <laughs> I had a really rough
0: day. I've had kind of a couple rough days, but I feel like it's kind of just boiled over a little bit today. I was super anxious all day. I've been anxious a little bit lately anyways. And I don't respond well to anxiety, I guess. I should, that's a weird way to put it because I don't know that anyone loves anxiety or anything like that. But I, when I'm having hard days, usually I'm depressed or dealing with that feeling and I'm more familiar with that. So when I'm anxious, it feels like a foreign ground and it makes me really uncomfortable and just being anxious makes me feel anxious about it. But I felt really anxious today. I was worried I was going to have a panic attack. We, we, there was we ran around in town all day and did errands and I kind of just woke up anxious but before we even left for town I was telling you I was anxious but and then there was triggers throughout the day we ran into some people and some stuff happened and I was just worried I was gonna have a panic attack but I didn't I haven't been sleeping really well I've been having nightmares so I've just had some symptoms going on lately that I think oh I have therapy tomorrow and I'll talk to him about it and everything will just be fine (laughs) but therapy helps yeah it does I'm looking forward to you talking to him something else that I thought about bringing up today on the check-in when I was thinking about recording our episode is that I've had a lot of intrusive thoughts lately I've had a lot of like self-destructive thoughts and really negative self-talk and self-thinking like just to be you know brutally honest I've had a lot of self-hate like geez I hate myself and I'm so irritated with myself and been like really hard on myself, which usually I don't notice, but I've actually kind of taken into account this time or here lately and been like aware of it. Like, wow, I'm being really hateful to myself. I need to settle down. What is my problem? You've made some comments. Yeah, I don't know. That's been like just extra lately. You know, I don't, not that I'm always like a positive poly, but I've been extra negative towards myself lately and. Um, just kind of some harsh self-talk. So I've been trying to lean into some more positive alternatives and I'm going to continue to, which brings me to the topic of this episode, coping skills and self-care. So let's talk about that. I was going to say a little bit. No, let's talk a lot about that. (laughs) Coping skills. What are coping skills? You may have heard them referred to as coping mechanisms, coping skills, you know whichever it's it's basically the same thing. coping mechanisms are ways to which external or internal stress is managed, adapted to or acted upon. so in normal vocab it's how you deal with stuff. when you're stressed internally or externally whether it's just how you're feeling inside or a situational stress it's how you respond to that and try to bring yourself back to a normal, Basically, homeostasis, <laughs> right, and regulate your emotions and regulate your feelings and thoughts. And there are both positive and negative coping skills. We're going to talk a lot about positive coping skills and self care and techniques and things that you can do to regulate stress and regulate anxiety and depression and any kind of negative cognitions to feel better. But we do want to touch on a little bit. That there are negative coping skills and you know usually you those are learned behaviors and there's a lot of reasons you would learn a negative coping skill but it usually starts early on and it doesn't make you a bad person or say it's not necessarily like it's not necessarily wrong but when you're in recovery or when you're dealing with and trying to feel better and cope with things you have to kind of lean away from those and learn positive alternatives some, uh, some negative ones, just to touch on them and give you examples of stuff that is learned behavior that you want to replace with these positive things. Um, some examples are self-harm, um, and a lot of times people think of self-harm as just cutting yourself and, you know, that type of thing, but it can also be not taking care of yourself, neglecting yourself.
1: Your personal hygiene. Personal
0: hygiene, not allowing yourself adequate sleep or nutrition, things like that, so... Self-harming in any kind of facet. Um, Isolation. Isolation
1: is a really big one for all of our support system. Mm -hmm. I think we all tend to... Isolate when we're feeling bad. Mm -hmm. Um, For those of you who listened to our last episode, we had our friend Austin on, and he talked a little bit about isolation. Mm -hmm. He isolates a lot, just like the rest of us. But he also touched on the fact that Sometimes when he's able to catch himself isolating, what he'll do is he'll come over to our house and we all just sit on our phones in silence, which Mm -hmm. is a little comforting. So isolation, what it looks like is not trusting, not leaning on your support system, Mm -hmm. not taking part of any self-care, just kind of, I know when I isolate, I lay in bed a lot.
2: Mm -hmm. I
1: don't want to get up. I don't do anything. So isolation just kind of looks like that and it's a really unhealthy coping skill because you just stew in your own thoughts.
0: It can be dangerous. It can
1: be very dangerous. It's more difficult to regulate
0: the kind of self-talk you have going on, the thinking you have going on, because there's no one else there to give you a different perspective. Like if I was isolating in the state that I've been in lately, the really negative self-talk I've had, it'd probably run rampant and I would convince myself of horrible things about myself Which is not healthy for anyone. And it's worth mentioning that um, taking some time to recharge to yourself isn't necessarily a bad thing. But when it crosses the line from a recharge time to isolating and it being negative and detrimental, that's when it becomes isolation and it's something that you should be addressed. Another one is stuffing. And I'm not talking about that awesome side we're about to have very soon on Thanksgiving, which I'm stoked about. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) stuffing emotions and feelings and opinions and thoughts that you have instead of expressing them. If you're having conversations with people and you stuff your responses and how you feel about it, or if you're having negative self feelings or negative emotions and thoughts and you don't express them to your support system or to someone that you care about or a therapist or someone you're comfortable with, if you don't express those in some kind of way and you're just stuffing them and letting them stew. Then you're bottling it up, and it's gonna explode and leak out in unhealthy ways. Yes, it does. Substance abuse. That could look like a lot of things. A lot of times, we think alcohol, drugs. Those are definitely those would definitely fall under this category. But also, overeating or undereating, abusing food, um, abusing work, and things that distract you and like take away take you away from whatever you're feeling instead of working through them. Stuff that people tend to lean on, you know, substances and tangible things like that. Another one is codependency. That is a huge topic that we won't super get into right now because it could be its whole, like, series of episodes talking about what codependency is and where it comes from, and it can come from a lot of things. Yeah. But as far as a negative coping skill, codependency, when it looks like depending on someone too much and like putting your identity and your self-worth in their opinion of you or in their happiness.
1: It's, it's a matter of relying so much on someone that when they're not giving you the attention or the distraction that you need, you get angry or you get even more depressed. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of pressure to put on someone. To put your self-worth, to put your identity, to put who you are as a person on another human being. It's not fair to them and it's not fair to you. Because Mm -hmm. really you should be finding that stuff within yourself. That way if a person disappoints you or if they're removed from your life for some reason, you're not completely torn down. Mm -hmm. Because you have that within yourself. Codependency can be very detrimental to your recovery. Mm All of
0: these things, you know, they're learned because they make you feel better in the moment. And it makes sense that if you have a codependent personality or you do that, tend to do that, then, you know, it makes you feel better when someone else tells you good things about you. Or if you self-harm or use substance abuse, you know, you feel better while you're inebriated or you feel better... For the moment that you're eating or whatever the case may be, but it's not a long-term solution. Mm-hmm. And it makes you feel worse after the fact, you know, you're hungover or you feel guilty or you feel shame or that person is no longer in your life and you don't have that validation. So these things, while they have some, I mean, it makes sense that people do them and you're not less of a person if you do some of some negative coping skills, the ones we've mentioned or ones we haven't even thought of to mention you're not less of a person because you rely on those or have had a history of relying on those because it, there was a reason that you developed those. It was so that you could manage yourself and your feelings and things like that. It's just important to realize and recognize them and be self-aware and understand that they don't last and they're kind of throwing wood on the fire. And if you're wanting to put that fire out, you need to replace them with positive coping skills. Yep. So what are some examples of
1: positive coping skills? Positive coping skills include, which let me preface this by saying, we've mentioned some of these before, and we're not going to harp on them like we did in past episodes. Mm -hmm. We're going to be focusing on new coping skills. So the first one we have is journaling. Mm -hmm. Very important if you haven't listened to our other episodes we get a little bit more into the into it and then there's scenarios which in the anxiety episodes we talked about this it's being an alien going back to their home planet what are you taking with taking with you or mm-hmm. the picnic game where you list in alphabetical order what you're taking so those are scenarios The one thing I'm going to talk about a little bit more in depth, which we've talked about in past episodes, because it's so important, Mm -hmm. is mindfulness and grounding. Mindfulness and grounding are so important because what it does is it makes you focus on the present, not the past, not the future, but the present. You aren't stewing in your negative emotions when you're practicing mindfulness. You can notice how you're feeling and acknowledge it, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: but you're not sitting there and stewing doing a negative cognitions you can it, it, what I like to do obviously we've talked about this I like to go outside and notice what's outside I look around and see if there's people around and if there is what are they wearing what are they doing I like to look at the trees and listen to the wind and listen to the birds sing it's all about noticing what's going on around you Mm-hmm. But while acknowledging how you're feeling.
0: It's so important to acknowledge how you're feeling and allow yourself to feel through what you're feeling instead of just trying to take it away immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, the way I like to picture it is, you know, instead of picturing a negative or pos- any feeling you have as an intruder, like someone breaking into your house that you need to kick out immediately and call the cops and, you know, change what's happening immediately... <sighs> It's more like walking past someone on the street and you're both sharing the same sidewalk and you acknowledge that they're next to you and that they're walking by and you're like, oh, look at that. They have a red hat on and I feel this kind of way about their red hat, but that's okay. And then they walk at, walk past you. As briefly as they walk up to you, they're going to walk past you too. Yeah. You guys are just passing each other. That's how feelings are. They change all the time the good and the bad no feeling is going to change feelings are fleeting i'm sure we've said that before yeah we have a painting on our wall that says that it's beautiful by the way sheree painted it (laughs) (laughs) um feelings are fleeting they change the good and the bad so just know that when you're experiencing a bad feeling be mindful of it recognize it for what it is and accept that it's there Mm -hmm. and that it won't always be there
1: yes exactly Let's move on to support systems. This is something we've talked about, I'm pretty sure, in every episode. And we're probably gonna talk about it more because it is so, so, so important Mm -hmm. that you have a good support system. Not like codependency, where you put your whole being into another person. Mm -hmm. Support systems are there for support. Mm -hmm. They are there to lift you up when you're feeling down. They're there to remind you that you are worthy and that you are worthy of love. You're worthy of healing. You're worthy of all of these things while not taking all of that upon themselves. Right. Support systems are so important because you have friends that can talk you through hard times and help you get help if you need it. The only reason I'm seeing a therapist or a psychiatrist is because of Danny. She's the one who helped me with that mm. and helped me come to the realization that I need help.
2: hmm
1: So support systems. Find people you trust and make them a support system. Make a plan with your support system where if you've tried all of these coping mech- mechanisms that they're aware of so you can get help. Mm-hmm. So moving on to the EFT, emotional freedom technique, tapping. I know I said I'd make a video, and I haven't gotten around to it, and I apologize. But if you Google EFT tapping, there's a lot of great tutorials. There's a lot of good information on what this does. In layman's terms, what it does is it overrides your system and lets it know that you're not in danger. Because anxiety is just a primitive thing that we've had since the caveman ages that when you're in danger, you have a fight or flight scenario, but you just happen to have anxiety when normal things happen.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's okay. So the EFT, shocked, not shocked, but set resets your system to know that you're not in danger. Why would you be tapping a bunch of weird... Pressure points in your body Mm. if you were in danger. Now, real quick, we're going to touch on something that Danny and I love. This is, I think, one of our favorite coping skills. Definitely. Because we're nerds. So, we're going to talk about tabletop role playing games or TTRPGs. One of the ones that we play a lot is Dungeons and Dragons. Currently, we're taking a break from that and we're playing Monster of the Week.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So what it is about role playing is it gets you outside of yourself and you can work through your feelings through a, per- a different person's eyes. Right. So what I like, I'm currently playing a character named Odie in our Monster of the Week campaign. And she has had a hard life and she suffers from depression. I actually role played her going to Inpatient. And I feel like it definitely prepared me for Inpatient. Mm -hmm. It helped me realize that it's not a bad thing. It's a very good tool that you can use.
0: Because it was constructive for Odie in the game we played.
1: It was. It helped her through a lot of things. It was really great. And I've had other characters that I've worked through other emotions. And there's even been scenarios where I've cried Mm -hmm. during campaigns and felt feelings that I wasn't feeling before that
2: Mm -hmm.
1: experience. And so it was a really good time to use problem solving Mm -hmm. and to use coping skills. I've actually done coping skills for my character. Right.
0: So it gives you practice like in safe scenarios in a safe environment with friends you trust. You know, you're absolutely safe and in a controlled environment practicing coping skills, practicing feeling feelings, practicing your reactions and responses to different situations, so that if you come across something similar in real life, you kind of have that, I mean, those characters are a part of you, so you kind of have that in the back of your mind practice.
1: Yes. And you mentioned once that you like to role play what you want to be.
0: Right. I've played characters like you said that are feeling things that I'm feeling and sometimes if I'm angry my character's angry too and so I get to get that outlet but on the other hand I've also played characters who I feel like are completely different from me and they're super bold or courageous and brave and you know a leader and they're accomplishing all these great things and going headfirst into danger without any fear or better yet in the spite of fear and just saving the day and you know solving all the world's problems and rescuing people and you know all that kind of big picture stuff that i would aspire to be like and i think it it helps me to be more like that in future scenarios you know kind of lean into that well i was brave and courageous when this happened so surely danny can be too right it helps you you know practice those things that you want to be also so leading into our next topic,
1: creative outlets. Yes. Which I think tabletop RPGs definitely fall into it, but yes. I wanted to explain how it's a coping skill. Mm-hmm. So next we're going to talk about creative outlets. This can be painting. This can be sketching, drawing, which those are all pretty much the same thing, but I know people like to separate them. Mm-hmm. Uh, this can be creative writing. This can be... Music. Music. Playing an instrument. Playing an instrument. This is allowing you to feel your feelings in a constructive, creative way. And you can explore how you're feeling. You can learn from the paintings, Mm -hmm. the drawings, the music, everything. that Creative writing. This is allowing you to explore how you're feeling and see it on paper. Right. It allows a visual to see, like... You use a bunch of reds. That's what depression is to you. Mm -hmm. You use a bunch of blues when you're angry. I got that backward. But, you know, whatever it is, you get to see how it is. Mm -hmm. I know I created, I call it bipolar, and I used a bunch of soft pastels for the manic side while using a bunch of dark browns, blues, and reds for the depressed side. Mm -hmm. And it allowed me to see how I viewed it. It gave me a physical, visual thing, and I, I feel like I understand it a little bit better. Right. So creative outlets are so important.
0: Absolutely. I know that one of mine that has been the most consistent throughout my life has been creative writing and writing poetry. And sometimes by the end of a poem, I learn something about how I was feeling that I didn't realize before, that it was there somewhere. But I was able to explore it in a safe, productive way and realize, you know, oh, okay, this is how I feel about this specific situation. Or this is how I feel about my mental illness as a whole. Or whatever the case is. And then it also gives you a way to express it to other people if you need to. Like, there's some poems that I keep to myself. Mm-hmm. They were just for myself to work through something and understand it. But some of them I share with my support system so I can explain, hey, I don't have the words like in a normal conversation, but here's some weird words <laughs> that maybe rhyme <laughs> and about how I'm feeling about this. If you want to be let in a little bit or even with people outside of my circle so that they can maybe relate to those feelings also. So there's a lot of value in
1: creative expression for sure. So Danny touched on this a little bit in the anxiety episode and it's called shock the senses. Mm-hmm. Which, we both do this, except it's on opposite sides of the spectrum. I like to use ice, Mm -hmm. which, not actual ice, I don't like being wet. Me either. So, we have these plastic little ice cubes that are perfect, because they're cold, and they feel like ice, but I don't get wet. (laughs) (laughs) So... What it is is it's just you hold the ice and you just imagine your negative energy flowing into this These ice cubes in your hands mm-hmm. and they melt and you just Feel your negative emotions just melting with the ice But Danny Uses heat
2: mm-hmm.
1: I've uh, I like to stick my hands
0: into warm to hot water. Don't burn yourself. Don't you know get crazy Don't put boiling water on yourself, please. Like, no one advised you to do that here. (laughs) But, but, you know, warm to hot water, sticking my hands in them, it shocks your senses. It changes your focus from whatever's going on inside your head to that. It kind of resets your body because your body's not focusing on feeling shaky, on feeling, you know, your rapid heart rate. Because when I'm anxious, I start to focus on all the physical manifestations of it. And if I'm having a panic attack, it's so much worse because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm breathing too fast. Oh my gosh, I feel like this. And if you can change it into feeling something else that isn't related to that, or like, wow, my hands are really warm right now, it changes your mind's focus and your body's focus. We were actually talking to my mom about this the other night, mm-hmm. and she gave us some examples. One example was just changing body temperature. If you're inside the house and it's cold and the AC's on, But it's hot outside, like it tends to be here, and it's 110 degrees outside, and your car's melting. Uh, Step outside for a second (laughs) and just change your temperature real quick. Your body's going to reset because, you know, any kind of change in vitals is going to change what your whole body is doing as a system. Right. Another more extreme example, but a realistic one, is something that she actually had in, you know, basically in her back pocket when she worked as a nurse. That would actually, they could use, she never actually used it, but it was one of their options they could use to actually change people's heart rhythms, which I think is advantageous for panic attacks and anxiety because your heart rate's already kind of, um, racing. Yeah, things like that. They weren't using it for panic attacks, they were using it for, you know, arrhythmias and stuff like that, but something they could do was plunge your face into a bowl of ice water <laughs> which is a little extreme, and I wouldn't like to do because I don't like to be soggy. But in a dire circumstance, I would be willing to try it. Right. Because it's going to change your heart rhythm like that. It's going to shock the senses. It's going to reset your whole body's functioning. Right. And remind yourself that you're not in danger and remind yourself that this something else is going on.
1: Right. Um, so. So our next topic is going to be physical activity, which Danny used to do at at our apartment mm-hmm. when she got anxious she'd go for walks mm-hmm. and I pace what I do when I'm anxious sometimes when I'm depressed to racing thoughts mm-hmm. I, I pace and that kind of helps because it's the anxious energy that I'm feeling getting out yeah. in a constructive way so if you're a person who likes to lift weights run whatever it is do that when you're feeling these negative emotions because even it's something you enjoy mm-hmm. and even if you don't, it releases endorphins mm-hmm. and that's going to make your symptoms lighten a bit. It may not make you super happy and you're back to normal. It's not going to do that. There's no quick fix. hmm But it'll ease those symptoms of depression or anxiety, and that's good.
0: Happy brain chemicals.
1: Exactly. Happy (laughs) brain chemicals. And it allows you to feel the fresh air on your face. It allows Mm -hmm. you to work out some of those emotions because you're doing something in a creative way. You're getting out your feelings through exercise.
0: Yeah, I really like to lift weights when I'm mad. Yeah? Yeah. I like lifting weights anyways, but... When I'm mad or frustrated about something, and or even depressed, I should say because if I'm depressed, sometimes it manifests in frustration, irritability, anger. Right. I like to lift weights and really push it, and it just feels like I'm, you know, I can throw down the bar and I'm like, yeah, I did a thing, and you just, I don't know, I don't know <laughs> how to explain it.
1: I like to walk on a treadmill. I I don't do it all the time because we don't have a treadmill, but when I was at my mom's when I was feeling stressed or something about school I would walk on the treadmill and it really mm-hmm. helped because I would turn on the TV probably to like tsunami, <laughs> and just watch TV and walk on a treadmill and I was doing something with the nervous energy and I was watching something that was distracting yeah so That's a good combo it was a really good combo and it would make me feel better
2: mm-hmm.
1: so let's move on because we're at. 30 minutes okay. <laughs> and not even through coping skills. So our next one is clean and organize, which my mom has told me my entire life. If you have a dirty room, you have a dirty mind. Actually, messy room, messy mind.
2: Mm-hmm. Dirty
1: sounds inappropriate. Yeah. So... <laughs> yeah, which... <I> there, <laughs> so... Which has a grain of truth to it. Mm-hmm. If your room is a mess, which is some my safe place I don't even want to be in my safe place because it's a mess mm-hmm. and so it's a matter of just get up and clean it because that's your safe place that is a place where you're supposed to be able to go and feel whatever you're feeling and just be yourself
2: mm-hmm.
1: and if it's messy and it's you don't even want to be in there what are you supposed to do mm-hmm so, get up and clean and organize and just make your bed or do something to make your room yours again. Absolutely. It definitely helps me. Not to mention, if you, like, do laundry and fold mm-hmm. your clothes, that's something repetitive and productive, mm-hmm. which is a great way to make yourself calm down mm-hmm. because you can just zone out and do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Another one, just organizing something. Say everything's clean. That's never going to happen here. But maybe someone somewhere has a clean house already. But something that I like to do is just organize, reorganizing stuff. Like organize our bookshelves or something like that. Organize the stuff on your desk. I used to love to organize my desk and my stationary stuff. Because while I'm organizing it, I feel like I'm organizing my thoughts a little bit. Right. And everything has a place, isn't in its place. Then... You know, I feel calmer inside my own head.
1: Right. So let's move on to gratitude lists, Mm -hmm. which are a great coping mechanism because what you're doing is you're going to make a list of things you're thankful for. And it can be silly little minuscule things Mm -hmm. like, I'm glad I have carpet in my house so my feet don't get cold in the winter. Yeah. Or... I'm grateful for my cat, which I know you've put on your gratitude list. Multitudes of times. <laughs> I'm grateful for my dog. I'm grateful for my friends. I'm grateful mm-hmm. for the loving family I grew up in. Or I'm grateful I got out of that situation. Yeah. Just things that make you happy and that you're so thankful for, which, especially since we're coming upon Thanksgiving. Now mm-hmm. would be a wonderful time to do that. Get, Get you in, in the, the spirit. Yeah, but you can do this at any time in the year, mm-hmm. and it's going to help because what it, it gets you out of your mind and out of your feelings long enough to kind of change your thought process, mm-hmm. and that's really what you want to do in recovery because what you're doing is you're learning how to chain how to take. My mom used to say, "Take every thought captive." Mm -hmm. And kind of throw away the negative and think of the positive.
0: It retrains your brain to recognize the positive. Yeah. And I think there's something to be said about list making in general. If you have finished your gratitude list, you've written everything you can think of and you need more to do and you like writing. um, But you can't think of, you know, you don't want to do creative writing or whatever the case is. You just need something to tangibly write make lists. Make a shopping list. Make a list of your favorite colors. Make a list of foods in the pantry. Just whatever you want to think of, make a list of it. It's good for distraction and it's good for focused energy.
1: Definitely. So next we're going to talk about, which I think everyone in the world who has access to the internet look up funny memes. (laughs) Yes. That is so much fun and it Let's you focus on something that's positive, and it just changes the mood. Mm -hmm. Just looking at something funny changes the mood, and you're able to laugh. Mm -hmm. And that's what's important.
0: Funny memes, uh, web comics, comics in general. I like Calvin and Hobbes. Definitely. Funny videos, cat videos. Those are always good laughs.
1: Right. And then there's self-care. What is self-care, Danny? Self-care
0: is well, it is a coping skill, but it's taking that kind of to the next level. It's taking care of yourself and really putting value on yourself, taking time to do things that are positive for you. And a lot of them can be routine, but there's also in the moment in the moment options too. And a lot of this overlaps, but it's worth mentioning. Um, some self-care options that are routine, that are routine include healthy diet and exercise. very um, important. Good nutrition is gonna make you feel better all the way around in every type of in every aspect of your health. Exercise. We've touched on that a little bit as a coping skill, but for self-care, you know, being healthy physically is going to affect your mental health in every way.
1: Physical and mental health go hand in hand.
0: Absolutely. So incorporate some more active activities into your routine. You don't have to necessarily go to the gym every day, but if you do, great. Um, But just take a walk, you know, do something active with yourself, some kind of physical activity. There's also hygiene health. Um, Take a
1: shower, brush your teeth.
0: Make sure you're doing all that in your routine because I know it's something that, at least from my experience, isn't talked about a whole lot, but with depression, sometimes your hygiene health gets neglected because you're just stuck in bed or you just aren't focusing on self-care. I have a hard time with self-care when I'm depressed. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to take a shower. I don't want to, you know, eat healthy. I don't want to, you know, do all these things. But it's kind of a cycle and it's related to each other in the way that if you do those things, it'll help with your depression. When you're depressed, you don't want to do those things. Do them anyways, because it's going to
1: help. Right, exactly. I know that um, what makes me feel better and what makes me feel a little bit more in control of my life, I'm, like, obsessive over my skincare routine. Mm -hmm. I wash my face or my whole shower routine. Mm -hmm. I wash my hair. I put conditioner in. I let it sit for five minutes. I rinse it. And then I wash my face. And... Then I wash my body and then I get out, I let my hair dry all the way, I brush my hair and then I put, I take care of my face, you pat it, not rub, it's very bad for your skin. (laughs) And that makes me feel more in control and it makes me feel like I can conquer worlds Mm -hmm. because it just makes me feel great. My shower routine is everything to me.
0: Yeah. You know what else is good for your skin?
1: Mm. Sleep. Very good. Very good for your skin.
0: So, another thing about self-care, regulating sleep. Make sure you're getting enough sleep. Make sure you're getting quality sleep. We're not the best to tell you how to do that because (laughs) we have a horrible time with sleep. But, we do know that turning off electronics an hour or so before your bedtime, that's going to help. Not watching TV in bed. Not doing daily activities in your bed, like... Being on your phone and watching TV and stuff like that. Reserve your bed for bedtime and -hmm. reserve your bed for sleeping. That way your body is just adjusts automatically. When you lay down and get into bed, your body's getting ready to shut down and say, okay, that's what this means. We're going to sleep now. Um, Having a bedtime routine before sleep is going to do the same thing and train your, your brain and your body to start winding down Drink some warm tea before bed, read a chapter of a calming book, whatever your routine wants to look like. Stuff that's going to calm you and bring you to that place, your mind and your body, so that they're working together to put you down for eight to nine hours, seven to ten, whatever your needs are. Everyone's different. I need like 45 hours of
1: sleep. (laughs) I know I read somewhere that if you're lay if you're laying down and you have a real and you're having a hard time falling asleep mm-hmm. get up get out of your bed and go sit in the living room until you're tired mm-hmm. because what that's gonna do is it's gonna associate your bed with staying up and having a hard time sleeping.
0: Yeah Another important aspect of self-care is prioritizing your time. Uh, we mentioned recharging earlier take some time to yourself recharge. Set aside some downtime that you're not just busy going constantly, but also prioritize some time spent with friends, people you care about, time being productive. Very true. Just kind of prioritize most important to least important and dedicate the most important, most time of your day to the most important things. I'm terrible at this, and it definitely shows in how I'm feeling. If I spent way too much time on petty things that didn't matter, at the end of the day, I didn't have enough time spent doing the big things that are
1: important to me personally, Mm -hmm. then
0: I'm going to be failing it that night.
1: Very true. Very true. Another way to prioritize your time and your efforts Mm -hmm. is realistic goal setting. Yes. Don't expect yourself to get that promotion in a week.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: A promotion takes time. A promotion takes a lot of work. Don't, Work yourself to death mm-hmm. trying to get something that's unrealistic. Right. But don't sell yourself short and avoid setting goals. Exactly.
0: Make sure to set some type of goals that are attainable but give you something to strive towards
1: so that you your efforts are, aren't for naught. Right. Taking meds and going to doctor's appointments. That is so important. And not just psych appointments and therapy appointments. Mm -hmm. Physical health is also important. So go to your primary care physician and get a Mm -hmm. wellness checkup or Mm -hmm. an exam. Make sure that you're keeping check of your body because if you have a thyroid problem, that can affect your mental health in a big way. Guilty. (laughs) If you're having trouble... You're having stomach pains. Go get that checked out. Don't, Don't suffer through it for no reason. Exactly.
0: I need to go to the dentist. I have 11 cavities and counting. I'm going to be <laughs> setting up a dentist appointment sometime this week and getting that taken care of because it's part of self-care and part of my overall encompassing health.
1: Very true. So take your meds as directed and go to your doctor's appointments. Yes. Psych, therapy, and, physical, and a primary physician. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about self care that you can do in the moment. Mm-hmm. That this
0: is like not necessarily routine; it can be, but they're definitely good go tos if you're feeling especially depressed tonight, or anxious before something, or whatever's going on. These are things that can help in the moment.
1: Take a shower or a bath. Bubble bath. Bubble bath. <laughs> yes, like the hormone monstrous from Big Mouth says. Let's climb into a bubble bath and forget our problems. Uh, she's wise. She's so wise and kind of crazy, but I yeah. I dig it. Yeah. <laughs> so take a shower and take a bath. Just wash off the dirt of the day. Just mm-hmm. clean yourself. And if you can, during the day, wash your sheets and your bedding. Mm-hmm. Because there's nothing better than taking a shower or taking a bath. Getting into clean pajamas and getting into a clean bed.
0: Make your bed, new pillowcases, make it nice and pretty. Yes. I have to make my bed before I get in it at night. That's part of my self-care. Yes. It keeps me, it makes me feel like I can go to sleep and be restful. It makes me feel put Look. together and relaxed to go to bed because my bed's put together and it looks comforting. Right. It makes me more comfortable because it looks
1: comfortable. My favorite form of self-care, and I've, I do this very often, is face masks.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I have forced Danny to do face masks with me. They're okay. Often. <laughs> I do a face mask once a week, and if I'm having a really bad day, I do it more often than not, which isn't the best for your skin, mm-hmm. but it makes me feel better, so get off me. and then leading into another one is reading i like to read when i have a face mask on Mm -hmm. it's calming i'm currently reading a game of thrones it's a fantasy book for those of you who do not know i don't know how you don't surely everyone knows about Game of thrones right (laughs) And it's something I enjoy reading about. I love high fantasy. Mm-hmm. I love conspiracy. I I just really enjoy dramatic high fantasy books. And that's everything that Game of Thrones is. Scandal. It's scandalous. <laughs> so reading is such a good thing because it distracts you from the moment. And it's mm-hmm. self-care. Because why not read a good book? And if you have a hard time reading a chapter book cover to cover...
0: Some people do. Um, some people don't. Some people can just eat it up in one night. Right. I know we've been guilty. But sometimes I can't focus on a, on a like, story, novel book. Read some comics. Web comics. Read a blog. Mm-hmm. Listen to a podcast. That's not reading, but it's kind of along the same lines. You know, read blogs about whatever interests you. Mental health blogs. Food blogs. Travel blogs. Whatever.
1: Speaking of mental health blogs, I want to put a blog I want to plug a blog. Mm -hmm. It's the blog. S my therapist recommended it to me. She is funny. She is insightful and she struggles with mental illness as well. So if you want to see an example of someone going through recovery Mm -hmm. and enjoying it, but also dealing with the struggles of mental illness, she's a great one to read. Yeah. And again, that's the blog. S Please check it out. She's great. She deserves all the readers. (laughs) So. Another option if you're
0: feeling stuffy and stuck and overwhelmed, take yourself outside. Yes. Go outside. Feel the air on your face. Feel the sun. Feel the grass on your toes. Whatever you need to do. Go outside. Go for a walk. And just kind of experience
1: some other senses other than the four walls around you. Yes. So, if you're going outside and you're seeing all the wonderful things, which we do often, why don't you go inside and paint what you see? Painting. Yes. That's a good one. I love painting. Yes. My therapist, what she does, because she's also a big painter, Mm -hmm. she will take things from outside and just incorporate them into her painting.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And... That's a great way to get yourself to go outside and then come inside and be creative. Mm-hmm. So painting's a really good one. That's one of our favorite ones.
0: I'd really like to try that, the taking some stuff from outside.
1: Yes, she her painting's gorgeous. So next we're going to talk about stretching and opening up. Stretching is so good because, one, it relieves your muscles of tension.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And if you do that, why would you feel anxious? Why would you feel... So, because if you're all tight Mm -hmm. and closed off, for me, it amplifies the symptoms of depression and anxiety. Yes. Exactly. So. Stretch out your muscles. Stretch out. Open your body up because why would you be in danger as far as anxiety goes? Mm-hmm. And depression, it's another physical activity. Mm-hmm. Stretching releases the as I don't know technical terms, but I know there's some kind of acid in your muscles if you don't stress, stretch. Mm-hmm. So if you stretch, that's a physical activity and it's got to release some endorphins. Mm-hmm. So there's that.
0: Um do something you enjoy like video games if you're having a hard time if you're been busy take some downtime play a video game you enjoy it distracts you it gets you into problem solving and into a different mindset
1: kind of like tabletop rpgs
0: yeah absolutely along the same exact concept it's gonna get you into a different mindset a different thinking pattern it's a little distracting it's enjoyable for you choose whatever game you like I like games that have Mario in them. <laughs> Those are a little less; they're a little problem solving, but they're also kind of just repetitive. Um, that kind of falls along that category: repetitive, productive behaviors. So it's calming. Um, there's also strategy games, puzzle games, whatever you want to do. Right. That can kind of work out your brain and take you away from whatever's distressing you at the moment. Next is treat yourself.
1: Treat yourself. <laughs> As you know, Parks and Rec. <laughs> treat yourself 2018. <laughs> you can treat yourself to like a spa day or a new outfit, some shoes, whatever it is. Buying yourself something is not bad. Mm-hmm. It's cathartic in some ways. Mm-hmm. I know I buy makeup when I'm sad or I buy a new outfit when I'm sad. It makes me feel better. But a problem I have is I spend way too much money. Right. I recently bought Thanksgiving decor for our house and spent all of my money on it. And I overdraft my account. Mm-hmm. So treat your, treating yourself is great. Just don't go overboard.
0: Yeah. So next
1: is shaving. Shaving is important.
0: That's definitely something I neglect Not to say that everyone, I'm not going to conform to societal expectations and say that you have to shave. But if it is part of your routine and it's something that makes you feel better about yourself and feel good about yourself and it's part of your self-care ritual, definitely do things like that. Go the extra mile when you're feeling a certain way and take the time to do that because it is part of my routine, but when I'm feeling depressed, I neglect it.
1: Right. (laughs) Right.
0: But if I take the time to do it, I feel better about myself. I'm like, ooh, girl, you looking fly. Your legs <laughs> so silky so smooth. So well, it makes a difference to me. So. Yeah,
1: definitely. Another one is music. Mm-hmm. I know Jackie was on in our last episode and she talked about how you can listen to sad songs. Mm-hmm. And it helps you go through what you're feeling. It helps you experience them. Yes. Now, if you're listening to a sad song and it takes you deeper into a sad place,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I don't think that is healthy for you, mm-hmm. and you should try to change a song, maybe listen to a song that gets you pumped up, yeah. or a song that makes you smile and is cute, or something that just makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. I know I really enjoy Panic at the Disco, and currently I've been obsessed with High Hopes. That's a very uplifting song. It is. And it makes me feel like I can conquer anything. Mm -hmm. And that's one song that makes me feel better. Absolutely. So next is essential oils and candles. I'm so excited about this because (laughs) I love essential oils and candles. I just recently bought a thousand candles. That's a huge part of our self-care routine in
0: in the acute phase and also routine. Mm-hmm. If we're feeling bad and we come in the house and we had a rough day, actually, before we started recording, we came home from a rough day and the first thing Sheree did was light candles and you know what? It made a difference. I felt better. Yes. And, but we also just light them, you know, when we're cleaning. When we first come in the living room, we light them just as routine because it kind of calms the space and it makes the space feel like home and comfortable and it It makes the
1: place smell amazing i know for me it's fire has such a calming effect on me Mm -hmm. just the flickering of a candle makes me feel calm yeah another one is essential oils i have a lot of diffusers in the house Mm -hmm. and my favorite scent is lavender but i also like other things Mm mm-hmm which I'm not going to get into because that's a long list. <laughs> but what I like to do to keep myself calm is I put lavender oil on my mala. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know what a mala is, it's used for meditation. Mm-hmm. Great resource for calming anxiety. We wear them as necklaces. We do. And so I will put lavender oil on my mala, and then it, I smell like lavender, and it, lavender's calming for anxiety.
0: Definitely, we don't have the time to get into it today, but if you want to learn more about it, which I encourage you to do, Google and look up the different uses for essential oils because there's different smells and different scents that coincide with different feelings and Mm -hmm. different things that it kind of incites in the body, like lavender is calming and things like that. There's some that help you sleep. There's some that make you feel more awake, you know, different stuff like that. So definitely look those up. Uh, Lavender's a good go-to. Yes. Yes, it is. Another one we wanted to talk about, kind of on the side from support systems, is support groups. Um, that can look like a lot of different things. Support groups on Facebook are a good resource. We're a
1: part of quite a few.
0: Yeah. I'm a part of some for PTSD. We're both a part of some for depression and anxiety.
1: Bipolar disorder. There's a
0: bipolar one.
1: Suicide um, survivors.
0: Yes. There's a lot of different ones out there. There's... They're on Facebook. There's forums just that you can look up online. They're good because you're surrounded by like-minded people that struggle with similar things. So there's some camaraderie in that. There's also, you know, there's 12-step programs and support groups like that, depending on what... There's a 12-step program for... Everything. Everything. So don't just think that's just Alcoholics Anonymous or AA. There's 12-step programs for everything, and they work. That's all I'll say on that, but... You can find one for whatever you're struggling with. If there's something specific, there's even groups. Aside from that, maybe if you live in a bigger town, mm-hmm. not so much here. That's why we lean more online. But in a bigger town, one in person is also very advantageous.
1: So Very much so.
0: Lean into a support group. That way you have people that you can reach out to in the middle of the night. Maybe you have people that you can talk to online like, hey, I'm struggling with
1: this tonight and there's someone that you can talk to. mm mm-hmm. One I really want to talk about, because it's not talked about enough, is taking a mental health day, whether that be from work, from hanging out with friends, whatever it is, it is okay for you to say, I can't do this today, Mm -hmm. I'm going to take a mental health day. Because, like we said, physical and mental health coincide. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't, you would call in if you had the flu. Mm -hmm. You would call in if you had a migraine or you twisted your ankle. Well, if you're not feeling good mentally, it is totally okay for you to call in to work that day and just kind of recharge and do things Mm -hmm. that make you feel better. I know when I take mental health days, I have a hard time doing things because I'm like, oh my God, if I go get an ice cream because that's something that makes me feel better... I'm. They're going to think I'm lying or whatever. It doesn't matter. Mental health is real. Mm-hmm. And you need to take care of it however that may look. So it is okay to take mental health days. Yes. Now what I did during this episode is drink a warm drink.
0: Yes, you had some chamom- some hot chamomile tea.
1: And that's because I was sick, but it did ease some of my bad feelings that I've had from being drained today Mm -hmm. i'm feeling a little bit better and i think when you're sick and you're having a bad day does not make for an easy time yeah bad combination so the warmth from the drink is calming don't if you're having anxiety i wouldn't suggest you drinking caffeine Mm -hmm. don't if you're going to drink coffee drink decaf if you're going to drink tea drink decaf Whatever it is, just make sure that you're drinking something that is calming to you.
0: One of my favorites, something that makes me feel really soothed and, like, comforted, hot chocolate.
1: Yes. And I'm not
0: huge on chocolate, but when I'm, like, feeling some kind of way, a hot cocoa is just the ticket.
1: (laughs) Yes. I love hot cocoa. I definitely get that. With whipped cream. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm. We need a hot cocoa. Yes. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so what, one last thing that we want to say before we end the episode is if you're experiencing negative emotions and no co- no positive coping skills are working, mm-hmm. don't be afraid to go to inpatient or seek out a therapist or seek out a psychiatrist or even ask your support system for help because sometimes you just get that way. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you just, nothing's working. And that's okay because as long as you're going to get help. Right.
0: Definitely go through positive coping skills and self-care techniques and find what works best for you. Find your favorites. Find the things that are just the ticket like my hot cocoa and really lean on them and use them and practice them and implement them into your routine and into your day and try them out when you're having a hard time. And if they aren't working that specific Tuesday that you're having a bad day, Mm -hmm. try something else. Go through and listen to this episode or go through online and just Google coping skills, coping mechanisms, self-care. Ask your friends, hey, what do you try? Anything like that. Try some new ones out. Maybe I should try face masks a little more or maybe we should go for a walk in the morning or whatever the case is try some new ones and when you've exhausted all your resources you know you've done your best then it's a perfect opportunity to go to take your next step and that's when you know you can reach out knowing that you did your best and you're gonna lean on somebody else now and they're gonna help you carry it because it's just a little too heavy today and that's okay you've got tools in your toolbox you use
1: the tools now let's let somebody else work on the carpentry project. <laughs> right, exactly. So if you have any more questions about coping skills or self-care, feel free to messa- message us at Instagram at Healthy With Holes, or you can DM us on Twitter at Healthy With, W-I-T, Holes. We are open to conversation. We'll do our best to help you if you're having a hard time. Just feel free to message us if you need someone to talk to. Mm -hmm. We also just got an email. It's healthywithholes at yahoo.com. If you need anything, please feel free to message us.
0: Instagram also did this fancy thing where it built a Facebook page for us. So we're on Facebook now. I think you just look up healthywithholes.
1: And we're the first one that pops
0: up. Awesome. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, email... Whatever your platform, we're happy to hear from you. Talk to us. Talk to your friends. Open up a conversation. Try out some new coping skills. And we'll see you guys next week. Have a good night. Bye.